roll back. No, there's no rolling back. There's no rolling back. You don't get a second take at the towers. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Are we both We're ready. Okay. Yeah. Hello, hello. Welcome to Too Much Free Time Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Burris. With me, as always, is Peter Blankenship. We, yeah, we're still here. Yeah, it's just us two again. It's okay. Um, John was supposed to come back post-Star Wars, um, but, you know, the he, world decided to do what it's doing. He might be dead. Well, I, I don't think that's true. We saw him the other day over Zoom or whatever. Yeah, but we saw his fiance in the frame, too, and I don't know if she was doing one of those puppet things, you know, oh, making shit. his mouth move. <laughs> I actually think I'd like Fran more if that's what was going down. <laughs> like, I already love her, but, like, that'd be pretty amazing. <laughs> like, what a skill. Oh, man. But, yeah, this is our first episode for a while because of this quarantine we're under. Sadly. Yeah, it's nice to be back doing this. And for those wondering why me and Peter are doing this, our job has been deemed essential. Our job outside the podcast has been deemed <laughs> yeah. essential. And so uh, we work together anyway, so this isn't really breaking quarantine. We see each other every day anyway. But uh, yeah, it's nice to be back behind the mics, for sure. I still miss John. Hope he comes back. Who? (laughs) John was like my estranged sister. (laughs) Who is that? Oh, man. But yeah, this season really doesn't have like a a theme. Like we could just call it quarantine theme. Because it's really just, I think it's just going to be us picking movies that we like. Anything goes. Anything goes (laughs) kind of thing. Just to, you know, feel good movies to watch while you're in quarantine. How about just anything goes? Maybe not feel good. That's true. This movie doesn't actually make me feel good, but I love it. (laughs) Uh, What is the movie? Oh, I'm getting there, damn it. I had this whole thing about how America's under attack right now. Oh, say it. And it was going to be a curve. Okay, well, ah. Uh, anyway, America's under attack. You know, in this <laughs> leading me into it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was just America's under attack right now from this invisible enemy, much like Americans of the '80s thought this invisible enemy of the Russians. Oh, and you know, and we're in that same fight. So, like, why not learn from what they learned in um, the 1984 or not? Yeah, '84. I found out. Today, divisive film, Red Dawn, starring Patrick Swayze, Charlie Sheen. Debut film. Debut film, yeah. I thought this was one of those movies that was kind of like, I guess just well-received at the time. Turns out it wasn't. No, Mike, it was not. I think, (laughs) I've been thinking about this, and I think it's because... We were ne- we did not grow up ever being afraid of Russians invading. Yeah. So we look at this movie through a completely different lens than people who actually grew up with this reality being a fear. Well, and then in in your defense too of being naive and not living in the Red Scare and all that, like even this movie has a little bit of a tonal shifting or like, am I supposed to be enjoying this or not enjoying this or? Oh yeah. That's one of the criticisms you read on a lot of the reviews is that it takes itself too seriously. And I get that, but at the same time, it's just a, it's just a blast of a movie. It's so, it's so eighties America and I love it. Yeah. If the trivia is to be believed, it like for a while held a Guinness World Record for most acts of violence. Really, it was like two point something uh, acts of violence per minute. I buy that. I buy that. Like one of my first notes is uh, 
is just cra- it's crazy how quickly this movie just starts. Oh, there's no there's no intro. It's like, hey, I'm gonna drop you off at school, and then we go into what I guess is the inspiration for the Rick and Morty math teacher. Oh, when he started talking, it's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, that's so true. Before we get too deep into it, I do want to give a shout yeah, out. Forty five seconds. Yeah, <laughs> I know this movie was a recommendation by uh, my big brother Stephen. He texted that to the family Steven, text the other day, uh, and it hit me where I was like, I have not watched Red Dawn in so long. And while this isn't a desert island movie for me, it's up there, though. It's pretty close. I just like have such a weird nostalgia for this movie. Watched it as a kid. I don't know. Me, like, how, Come on. You've had conversations of, like, if such and such happens, disappearing into the woods and, like, fighting them off, right? Or am I alone in that? Yeah, I mean, I haven't had those. Um, but, I mean, it's fun. I mean, did me and my brother have multiple conversations about that? Probably. I, you know, it's... Let's start the movie. <laughs> but like you said, the, uh, you know, it starts just almost immediately with the kids being dropped to school. I forgot, though, that the before the credits, like when Fade to Black or whatever, the information they drop yeah. that is vital, yes. vital to understanding Anything. the world we're ha- inhabiting happens in two seconds like i blinked and i missed one of them so i had to rewind it yeah but it sets up this whole scenario of why this the, would be allowed to happen the dominoes have fallen yeah and at first i was reading it <laughs> like a dumbass i was reading being like i don't remember any of this happening oh like in real world and then i was like oh shit yeah, yeah no this is okay okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm with you movie let's go because <laughs> what is it's uh russia's like field harvest or ukraine's like wheat harvest goes bad so they invade poland um europe doesn't do anything and just like nato disintegrates pour one out for poland real quick yeah even in fiction they get just messed up i know i feel bad for them and then it's cuba and venezuela take over south america or something there's something with nicaragua or and then Mexico has like a coup d'etat or something. I guess that's how. I don't know. There's a the world goes crazy, <laughs> goes red, goes red. Uh, that sets up why this Russian invasion happens. But yeah, it's a very shocking opening of those kids just being in school and then the paratroopers just falling down. It's pretty insane. Although with no music or anything, it is kind of like. It's a little funny. It is, but uh, having already seen it, did you hear the? Uh, you could hear the jets, the the airplanes oh, yeah. flying by more. That was something I noticed that I hadn't really paid attention to before. Oh yeah, and then the teacher's like, "What the hell is going on?" I just like oh, they are way off course. <laughs> also, he's teaching them uh, Mongolian history. Yeah, awesome. Why didn't we get that? It's tight. I would have loved to learn about the Huns and stuff. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Side note. It helped these boys. Yeah, yeah that's Maybe. that's one of the things in the movie that real, real, real stretch of uh, realism there is uh, that they become, like, military tacticians. Immediately. Immediately, yeah. yeah. They're just born with it. Oh, they played football once. <laughs> they learned it by playing football. <laughs> that's kind of what it seems like. I don't know. I, I don't know what, because, like, some of it does come across as, like, 
basic ambush like we just surround them but then there's also scenes like the um the trap doors in the ground where you're like how would they have thought of this (laughs) yeah because the those trap doors they had mentioned the like the cubans mentioned digging holes like that oh for to take out the tanks yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know if they like found them maybe those were i I really don't know i was trying to figure out what like did they even have time to dig the holes it's weird because they kind of i think that's one of the things that i lose in the movie is they have moments that show that they're still like kids and they don't know how this is all happening because like uh later in the movie the uh, air force colonel is setting up a battle plan and he's like any questions and they're like what's a flank <laughs> and like you know what i mean they <laughs> yeah. like are asking it. he's like oh my god these kids <laughs> so but it's that but also they've been kicking the shit out of this russian army for the past two months yeah all right the russians are like stormtroopers or worse yeah allegedly and i I mean i say allegedly i'll believe that these kids had a little bit of a boot camp or whatever to learn how to pretend to hold a gun oh but like some i would have imagined just like i could buy it where because you see the scene where they're hunting I could see that Patrick Swayze and uh, Charlie Sheen's characters taught the others how to hunt at the very basic level just so they could all do it. You know what I mean? Like, that makes sense. I could also buy that most of them knew how to do that anyway just because they're in a small town in the middle of nowhere, Colorado. Like, I could buy that. Uh, but, yeah. it's a the Their escape scene at the beginning of the movie... That's the craziest scene in the movie to me. It's it's one of those things where, even though I've seen this movie like 12 times now, that's still a very intense scene. Yeah. And it's very realistic. Like, the sheer just chaos and panic of it, it's, it's great. Like, Patrick Swayze being Patrick Swayze, I feel like his one line from when he picks them up is just him going, oh, God, oh, God, <laughs> as he's driving. Yeah. He's just, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I love them raiding the uh, the gas station. Like, it's... um crazy kids dad's gas station i'd noticed i had never noticed before because they'd like take arrows guns ammo dry foods and then someone grabs the football (laughs) it's like one hand football (laughs) can't forget that (laughs) gotta have to do something past the time yeah (laughs) i wanted one scene of them like loading the truck and be like did you grab a football it's like what are we gonna do up there like you (laughs) it is funny that like it seemed like night two up there. They were getting onto what they got at the convenience store. Like, we can't live off Rice Krispies forever. That's true. It's like, we should have thought of that before that's what you got. <laughs> That'd have been funny if it had just turned into a roasting of who grabbed what. <laughs> <laughs> you grabbed 12 bags of pork rinds, David. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> They're nutritious. They're keto. <laughs> They're not. Oh, man. But, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty insane setup i mean the passage of how they do the passage of time in this movie is is interesting okay september well i just mean the sense of i like it and at the same time i don't because that's a good way of just especially in the beginning showing how long they've just been chilling up on this mountain not knowing what's going on to say a full month's gone by you're like okay that's good passage of time but as this like resistance starts and it still does the thing. You're like, okay, so what have they been doing in between? Is this just a like lot. a nonstop on? A lot happened in October. 
too much. I was like, whoa, because when November popped up, it's like they did a ton. They that's true. What? Yeah, the montage that happens like halfway through the movie of them just murdering people. I think I watched it like three times in a row today because I was laughing because how it's edited is like pinnacle 80s action movie where it's you don't see what they're shooting at. There's no one by them. It's just a standalone. They're not even really aiming. Just (laughs) (laughs) and those it's insane. The RPGs look like they were foam. Yeah. Or how they were just like one handing them and stuff. I on a couple on a couple scenes you could see how they were doing it. It was that uh the wire trick where it's the they're holding it and it goes into slow motion. Like it's not we can't tell it's slow motion, but they slowed the frame and a wire has yanked the the rocket out of the RPG and is like mm-hmm. sliding it along. It's pretty <laughs> funny. It's pretty awesome. And they're just carrying like five or six of those in their backpack. Oh yeah, and you can tell where the budget went in terms because I think they blew the budget on uh, tanks. The uh, yeah, that's expensive. Yeah, <laughs> the tanks. The the scene where they raid the airfield, the helicopters, in the helicopters. I think that's it because uh, there's multiple scenes where <laughs> where they're like facing a threat, but they can't show it. Like the um, when the lieutenant colonel shows up, and there has been this aerial dogfight you don't see any jets you just like hear vague <laughs> and then just like see cloud stuff you're like oh chemtrails yeah <laughs> chemtrails they couldn't afford the jets i guess but i think it was used appropriately so yeah the the scene the first night they're on that mountain and then the guy's like I'm class president, and as class president, I move to do X thing. And they're like, if you just want to go, you can leave. And they have that little fight, and he yeah. throws them over the fire. And I feel like that's something that should have happened later, because if there's one thing this movie doesn't do a good job of, it's letting me get emotionally invested. Because they had only just like made their little posse, and they're yeah. already like having a breakup scene. Well, and yeah, then a come back together scene. I well. <laughs> I liked the scene of in terms of its discussion, but you're right because like we don't, and that's the problem with, because like we knew Patrick Swayze's character set up. He's Charlie Sheen's brother. What we needed more he is of, or isn't a high school graduate. He's already graduated. Yeah, he was going to his job, which I think was at a gas station or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> but uh, what we needed was Charlie Sheen and the rest of the high school students their relationship because we knew Charlie Sheen. And was his name Aardvark? There was an Aardvark. Okay. I thought I, like, misread that. But Aardvark, um, they were friends because they rode to school together. together. So, obviously, they were close. You don't know their relation to anyone else. Anyone else. Because Robert, Robbie, is it Robert or Robert? Whatever, the crazy kid and uh, student body president, they're in that car together. So, you assume they're friends. And then I think it's Danny's, the kid that's running after them in the parking lot that they grab at the last minute. So you don't know. Danny if- <laughs> pissing in the radiator. <laughs> I love Danny. He was like the innocent kid who still was like surviving. But um, yeah, I would have liked to have known their anything yeah. about them. I, I, I guess some of them were on the football team. I mean, it looked like a very, very, very small school, so I have to imagine they were at least cordial with each other. But yeah, like going to your point though, that scene would have made more sense if you had understood 
the social dynamic amongst the kids anyway. Well, they had been out there a little longer than an hour before they were like, let's just give ourselves up. Yeah. Because they hadn't really gone through anything yet. That's true. That's true. Yeah, give them a little bit more time out there and then been like, maybe we should just turn ourselves in kind of thing. Because even when they go to the shop and they're getting all the supplies and stuff, it's it's you have to be paying attention to realize that's one of the kids' dads. Like, it's not super obvious. They're just like, oh, hey, Mr. So-and-so. And then, like, you see him hug some guy, hug one of the kids, and, like, that's a yeah. sign. But, uh... Yeah, it does happen really quick. All of it happens super quick, which I like, though, because it really hits home the, like, craziness of the situation. It could be like that, though. Yeah. Um, I like that uh, their first kind of venture into town is, like, a really creepy, almost like, uh, I don't know, like a Nazi Berlin kind of vibe where it's, you know, everybody's watching you and... They're burning books. Some of this is so over the top. Like, well, they have the linen posters yeah, up, and this is it reeks of like U.S. propaganda of what communism is, and it's so great. I loved every minute of it. Like, just yeah, the linen posters. They're burning books. Just the insane like video they're playing in the camp. That's like you American yeah. dogs have fallen <laughs> for. Uh, capitalist whores who have sold your freedom for the money. You're like, what is happening? And is this supposed to... I mean, it's a re-education camp there, but... I loved that. The re-education camp. I also like Patrick Swayze's, like, smooth line to the cashier when they went into town. is like, six toothbrushes, please. And she's like, she's almost like, why would I... (gasps) Jab! (laughs) (laughs) They're looking for you. They'd be looking for you. Like... Not very hard. We're in the middle of the store. And the guy's right there. Like, guy's upstairs. <laughs> yeah. That was a weird lie for her. They're like, they know who you are. Clearly, they don't. Yeah. Ma'am, I'm going to challenge you on that. They don't know shit. <laughs> well, and they did have the cool thing where they're like, go to the gun shop and get those 4473 forms or whatever, and then round those people up. Like, that was a cool idea. I liked I liked the villains in this because they were a mixture of, I feel like they had the three phases of a villain. They had the, like... The idiot big head boss was that um, one commander. You had the mustache, almost mustache twirling villain that was the Spetsnaz guy that <laughs> dies in the end. And then you had the like cool headed, actually intelligent villain that like was like, oh, I'm so morally torn about when all this. When he came out in his suit, I was like, oh, it's a Cuban Freddie Mercury. Yeah, good call. His glasses, yeah, the, they definitely gave that Freddie Mercury vibe. But he was like a good villain. Because he wasn't inherently like... He was doing what he was told. Yeah. There are a few scenes like that where the soldiers and stuff they were killing were like either... I mean, begging for your life is tough. But like the the one where... Um, are you talking about the bomb explosion? Where it's like, the, the doctor, give me a doctor. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, you're like, oh man, you are you are terrorizing these people following orders. I think that's one of the things that makes this movie kind of weird eternally whiplash because like we said there is all this over the top like the commies are coming to get you and then there's also like but there are people too so maybe we should just give peace a chance it's like wait hold on (laughs) yeah make up your mind because i don't know how i'm supposed to feel right now yeah oh man but the i also like their first um their first blood is uh wait the hunt 
or like them killing. Oh well, the them hunting Tommies. was a good scene. I liked that scene. And the kid drinking the blood. And I, well, it was a good setup for how he was going to turn into a psycho, and I liked that. Um, but I meant when the <laughs> when he's the third time he says it really didn't taste that bad. I'm like, I know you said that. Yeah, no, no, I, no, I want more. I mean, I, I mean, it really didn't taste that bad. Nope. Yeah, we got that. We got that. Now just yeah. help us carry it. No, I want more. Now that I think about it, it really didn't taste that bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Oh. Oh man. But uh, I was talking about when um, the three Russians go up to visit the like national park, <laughs> and thing. he reads the sign. I loved that. <laughs> loved that where it was like some crazy story about like teddy roosevelt killing a bunch of indians in 1908 <laughs> like, and he calls them like capitalists yeah imperialist Imp- army and- yeah like, <laughs> we wouldn't have used that language oh man i love how just off it is because all that park sign says is like this is the start of the national park that theodore roosevelt set up and it goes on for however long like very minimal information. And they're like, hey. Yeah, they're like, good for you. Take a, take a photo in front of it. And then them teasing him when he finds the arrow. And they're like, yeah, because uh, Native Americans used steel and uh, plastic. And then he's like, this isn't steel. Um, but uh, that's a pretty, I feel like it's a very accurate depiction of a bunch of high school kids killing Russians, if that makes sense. Like they were bad at it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they were just, like, falling around. It was funny because not, like, a scene and a half ago when um, when the first drink, like, they drank the deer's blood or whatever, and yeah. they said, don't shoot twice, then they'll be able to locate yeah, you. Yeah, they'll be able to know And you then are. they're shooting a million times in this scene. It's like, they're going to be able to find you. Yeah, they're going to be able to find you. But I guess at that point, the, the jig was up. Like, there's no going back. Just like Patrick Swayze says, just, well, there's one thing for sure. None of us are ever going home again. <laughs> well, that was a really cool shot when they like came over and they were looking over the mountain, and then you just saw the kids there because I wasn't I like expecting them. You know, like you watch it and you're like, you're not expecting them to do that. You're just thinking you're having this scene with the communists. And it's like, oh, the kids are right there. Yeah, well, I liked it too because um, just if you kind of almost have to pay attention to catch it. I wish they would have filmed it a little bit differently for this purpose. But when he's looking for the arrow and they're all hidden on the rocks like that, when he says, "Look there." Tony, one of the girls, thinks she's been spotted, but she hasn't. And so her panic reaction then causes them to get spotted. It's a it's a fun little moment. And then they slowly kill all these guys. <laughs> and that is so sad. Tony gets the first kill. Tony puts that guy out of the, his misery after he got shot in the back with an arrow. Oof. But uh yeah, I liked the I don't know, it's just a it was a good setup. But then, like we talked about, like the next time they fight somebody, they are like militant superstars. Yeah, they are. They are tacticians. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Um, I love that they use their high school mascot as uh, their like calling card thing. Uh, I also love that the, they just keep taking more Russian stuff off of them, so they're all like dressed like the Russians, except like some of them have. I don't know if you caught. Uh, the crazy kid has sewn his Letterman jackets like school logo into the beret, into the Russian beret. I dig it. I'm into it. Well, and his the sad thing with the crazy kid is he's crazy, I think, because his parents were killed. And they are the reason they're dead. Yeah, it's like it's hard to that scene was crazy, too, with the mayor. 
And oh, so, we, so the concentration camp scene when uh, Jed and Charlie Sheen, I, the kids' character names don't really stick with me, but Swayze and Sheen's dad, and they're talking, and they're like crying. And he's like, "Don't you cry! Don't you ever cry again in your life! Don't don't you ever cry!" Or he's like kind of whispering at that point, and I guess he's, we yeah, know, he's like, "There's no more crying now." It's time to stop the cry. <laughs> they killed Mama. And then when they're leaving, and then he's yelling, Avenge me! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I don't know. I, I got me jacked up. I wish my dad would just yell that as I'm like leaving the house. Just I just hear him as I'm closing the door. Avenge me! <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> it's like, all, all right, I'm just going to get groceries. But that's a pivotal character moment for those boys jet in particular i like though that uh robert like keeps asking people what happened to his dad and it's finally i don't even know how they know that dude that gives him the the horses and, and the girls lets, yeah tony <laughs> gives him the horses and the girls <laughs> i was gonna phrase it like that but tony and um i'm spacing on the other girl's name that's um marty mcfly's mom from back to the future yeah we haven't even talked about that. The like star-studded cast in this film. Yeah, they're youngins too. Yeah, well, and super youngins. And um, Dean Stanton, like Jed's dad's known. Yeah, uh, the lieutenant colonel guy goes on, and he's president in twenty four. Yeah, and, like and he does other things. It's you no know, like all even Ferris some of the kids Bueller's like sister. C, C. Thomas Howell. He he's a bunch of stuff. Uh, he's the he plays the crazy kid. Obviously, Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Swayze. Patrick Swayze. R. I mean, R. Patrick Stewart is a known actor. Yeah, but then we've got um, actress from Dirty Dancing, uh, Marty McFly's mom, who's also in other stuff, but I always remember well, as Ferris Marty Bueller's McFly's sister mom. too. Is, oh, uh, that's yeah. Dirty yeah. Dancing is also Ferris Bueller's sister. I mean, it's it's pretty interesting. I feel like only a couple of the kids don't go on to be famous actors, but it's it's a stacked cast, and. Uh, it's kind of one of those funny movies where I don't think that was the intent. Like, I don't think they got those kids together because, like, they're all going to be... These are all the, like, up-and-comers. I think it was just a happy coincidence. Well, it's a lot It's a lot of those um, movies that revolve around a group of kids. And then those kids, usually if the movie does well, go on to do other things. Since That's they're like, like, this generation's version of that is the It Kids. Yeah. And, like, Stranger Things, like, those two groups of kids are doing different yeah, those things. those kids are in everything now. Right. Which is good for them. I like them. And the, the, oh, shoot. Is it the Outsider? I'm trying to think of older. Well, the Goonies kids were Goonies also kids. like that. Outsiders counts. Outsiders has so many. Oh, my gosh. That's, like, one of those movies where you, you're you you're getting mad as more characters yeah. appear. Because you're like, what the hell? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Did Tom Cruise just walk into the scene? What the hell is he doing in this movie? But yeah, this is like, um, I agree, this is like one of those, it's almost the breakfast club of war, <laughs> is Red Dawn here. But uh, yeah, this, after they, the the girls come with them and they figure out what's been going on in the town, this is when the, the montage starts of them just wrecking Russians. And we already had the mass murder, right? Oh no, that's after the their first attack, right? Yes, because that scene it's is kind of, it's a little weird, because like, it is intense in its concept. Oh, and yeah. Like, you know, Mass Grave, and they're going to show all these people, and then they start singing that song. That song choice was weird. It, like, I feel like you, that's when you sing the, I mean, I don't know. 
I don't <laughs> yeah, what, what are we? I don't know what, what song you he's singing sing there. <laughs> Maybe they just turn around and pledge allegiance to the flag. I don't know. <laughs> but that's pretty brutal. And then um, the mayor's just like, uh. I think what makes it more brutal is that they didn't even get like a legit firing squad. They just got mowed down by machine guns. Yeah. Like, that's so much more brutal. Like, it reminded me of. Uh, do you remember the end of Valkyrie when mm-hmm. they're all getting shot? You're like, it was an intense moment, but it almost felt like, ah, it just feels weird to say, more dignified than them. What happened to these people of just getting mowed down into a mass grave? Oof. It was also brutal. They made them bury the the Russian soldiers before it. Oof. Oof. I like that the Spetsnaz guy at the end of the movie calls them out on it. They're like, this is stupid. <laughs> What's his analogy? He's like, a fox gets into your chicken coop. You don't kill the pig because of it. <laughs> That's a huh. good point. Yeah. <laughs> but that turned the kids angry. Yeah. That turns into, yeah, what you were saying, the the earlier, the don't cry, let it turn to something else. Don't cry. While Patrick Swayze's like crying. Crying like a little bitch. <laughs> Him and Charlie Sheen are like holding each other cry, be like, don't cry. <laughs> I love that scene because they're all losing it. Robert's sitting there just like checking out the new weapons and being like, all right, I'm ready to go kill more people. Yeah. Just sitting there like checking it. All oh, the other kids with the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But uh, the montage of them destroying people is so good. I, I think I could watch that on repeat because it's so, like I said, it's so 80 specific. It is such a time capsule in terms of action movies. Like, oh, it's so good. There's one that made me laugh where I think it's Tony uh, is set up with like a bipod yeah. 50 yes, caliber on a bar. side of a mountain. Well, it's like, how yeah. did they not see her? Yeah. And like, she didn't carry it. <laughs> It's twice her size. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just... She's handling it like a pro. Loved it. All about it. Oh, so good. And I didn't get that she was supposed to be a quiet type. Like, she kind of talked. And it wasn't until the lieutenant colonel came and she turned into a mouse. It's like, she doesn't talk much, does she? Like, well, I kind of thought she was talking. I guess yeah, I don't she know. Was talking a little bit. Because they had that freak out on Charlie Sheen when Charlie Sheen's like... Make yourself useful. useful. That was a pretty funny scene. I felt like that scene should have been done again with uh, Lee Thompson, the uh, Marty McFly's mom, not coming at him so aggressive. Like, I mean, like, same level of that's not okay, but maybe with more of, like, a less I'm going to stab you in the throat tone. Because I think it's supposed to be a funny moment, but it turns into more of a, like, I don't, I don't even know what kind of no, it yeah. turns into a weird moment. <laughs> it's great though because since it's Charlie Sheen's first movie, that that one interaction where he, he's like kind of defending himself, that is seen in modern day Charlie Sheen. Like that's a Charlie Sheenism. So what you're saying is Red Dawn led us to Two and a Half Men. Maybe. <laughs> I mean the delivery, the delivery of it that line good. though in particular, I was like, oh my gosh, that's such that a, is a Charlie, Charlie Sheen, Sheen thing. Like, what? What? You're like, what did I do wrong? Yeah. Very, yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> and it was that that got him the ladies, which got him the addiction. and Into that cocaine, into the winning tiger blood he is. But, uh, yeah, the, this is when, I think this is around when the 
Air Force colonel comes in. I feel like it was an interesting choice for an Air Force colonel to be like the person, the military person that comes in. Like I was thinking about it as a kid. I didn't really care and didn't even think about it. It makes sense early with like, a, well, how would somebody get there? Oh, it was a plane shot down. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted him to be like the new de facto, like now I can organize these kids into a more effective guerrilla force. Wouldn't you try to make it like some sort of Green Beret or like a Navy SEAL? Someone that's actually like a ground force yeah. fighter and think of a way for him to get there. Like, I don't know. That was the weird thing. Like when he's setting up the battle plans, I'm like, I'm not doubting that he he probably knows stuff. He took a class. <laughs> yeah, but if he's like a fighter pilot, he would know about that, right? Uh-huh. Like, I do love the finding him scene where she's like, What's the capital of Texas? Oh, and he says Austin. She's like, it's Houston. Like, he's like, and then he's like, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah, cold. He's like, I don't have time. I'm sorry. For this shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I like that because I also felt that it was like a shot at uh, Americans not knowing geography kind of joke. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I feel like that was a weird scene though too. Where I mean, he has an American flag like, yeah, on him. I feel like that was a weird thing of her interrogating him kind of thing but and then she fell in love she fell in love but he uh had a wife that's probably dead in texas oh well remember that's what he says he says his wife and kid got caught on the other side of the line in uh texas yeah i just that their dynamic was weird for me yeah as quick as like this movie's two hours but it feels so quick i feel like that's something that they put in there with the expectation of it being longer like i don't know if they're deleted scenes but i could imagine there are i could imagine uh there's a portion of them that are just them interacting more you know what i mean there's a whole uh sub plot with jeb and uh tony yes because it feels like they're supposed to be because especially when she's shot and he has the grit that feels like oh was there something was there something? Yeah. A little bit of something, something. Well, the only thing you saw was her squirting him with juice. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I like the... I think the movie kind of takes like a more fun action turn. Yeah. When the colonel joins in. Like, it feels more like what the movie was supposed to be. Because um, it's weird that more action happens, but the tone is lifted. There's like a... A levity that the colonel brings to the situation, which it feels like it should be the opposite. Like it should feel like these kids are goofing around, and then the military guy comes in and like straightens them out. Well, but when when they wake him up early in the morning, and they're like, "We're gonna we're gonna attack this column. Early bird gets the worm." And he's like, "Early bird gets the worm," <laughs> and then he sees that, and like he sees them doing their thing efficiently, and and they're like, "How about how is that for tactics or whatever?" You know, like. He's yeah. Like, oh, your mom, your mothers would be proud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Too soon, man. His mom's dead. <laughs> but how? I just I would have loved to see them prepare for this and get in their spots because they are everywhere. Yeah. And they're not killing each other on accident. And and there is logic in them being able to set up in these places because with Jeb and Charlie Sheen, they've already established they've been hunting in those mountains for years. They, you know, they know that mountain. So that gives them advantage. Like I, I, I buy into it, but you're right. Like I would love to see them 
setting like all the way through like them seeing where a armored car carrier thing is like coming through where do they draw out they need to set up like you know what i mean like the prep work would have been nice to see yeah but they're just even like, like the tony scenes her planning the bomb stuff yeah those are great i love those i love that scene in its entirety actually just because of the conversation between the two bad guys where it's like the okay we'll just keep them in the green zone and you know, we'll just wait this out. And then the building just blows up behind him. <laughs> like you were saying, General? <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It's a fun movie. The uh, I was a little confused in the scene where the colonel dies. Like when they, the, this is post air raid. Yeah, where they just kind of toss a little grenade out on top of the tank and it explodes kind of in his back. Oh yeah, that but one. there's also well, there's a lot of weird grenade throwing early on in like the montage. Those kids are on fire so, with accuracy. So if there you're noticing, Kobe most of those are thrown by Jed, and it's just, he's the quarterback. Oh, That's why we got to do it. And they're just like tossing him a grenade. They're like, "Here you go," and then he's like, "Cool, thanks." Just <laughs> launches. <laughs> <laughs> it's some incredible grenade throwing, but the that scene. So they've already raided, uh, which is a great scene, them, you know, infiltrating the air raid. Or like, I don't even know what that was, where they were storing the the planes. I guess they also freed the camp. Was that just supposed to be the, the camp that they attacked? Did they free the camp? I think they did. But where are those guys going to go? They're still know. behind enemy lines. Uh, yeah, but I liked that assault. It was like a fun scene. Plus, I liked, because early in the movie, I remember thinking, just like, okay, they've got a kid who speak Spanish, how have they not used that to trick some of the Cubans or the Russians at some point? And they do it in that scene where he's dressed up like a Cuban and he runs into the tent and does the whole, like, the Wolverines are attacking, and he's yelling them in Spanish, and then he jumps over that mound and the claymore goes off. You're like, that was pretty tight. <laughs> I'm all about that. But past that, when the Lieutenant Colonel does die, mm-hmm. what were they doing out there? Does it explain? Because they say something like, uh, we got to get through this. He's like, yeah, if my guy is still there. And then he offers Jeb the, like, why don't you come with me? Like, get out of here kind of thing. I I don't get no, Was there, like, a setup plan? I missed it. And then it was hard for me to tell, like, who are we shooting at? Well, because the one tank that Both? was below was an Army tank, a U.S. Army tank. And then the two that ambushed them by accident were Russian tanks. Yeah. So I got that. They were on a Russian tank, and they could see a Russian tank. Right. And then the one that was way off in the distance was a U.S. Army tank. But I, but I don't. There I, must have been a deleted scene because there's a the scene before it is them talking with the old man who gave them the horses, and them saying that there's rumors of them getting help soon. And I wonder if the plan turns into get the lieutenant colonel to wherever he needs to go and he'll send reinforcements to them maybe yeah i didn't there has to be like some sort of deleted scene but it it felt weird for them being there but yeah we lose the lieutenant colonel and we lose aardvark that was sad but they took out those tanks it was weird the lieutenant colonel's last words were taking a shot at the army of being like aim straight for once you Army shitbags or whatever. It's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. really? <laughs> it's like, all right. 
And then you have Elle or whatever. She loses it. She's like, I'm never going to love again. Yeah. I like how the psychopath sits in front of her and is like, if you didn't love, then you probably wouldn't be here. It's like, really? Are you the one to be talking about emotions, buddy? Yeah. You're talking about emotions, buddy? When your response to all that anger is going to burn you up inside, your response was, keeps me warm. As you're <laughs> carving your kills into your gun. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's have him talk about emotion. <laughs> Watching the movie with Liz, she was very offended that they kept on defacing the rock. Why? God, because you're not supposed to do that to rocks. They don't like it. It's their dead friends and family. Yeah, well, the rocks have dead friends and family, Mark. Well, they deserved it. Because <laughs> they're rocks. No, because they were probably commie rocks. Oh, yeah. I, they were red. They were red commie they rocks. They were red rocks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, there's layers to this movie. The <laughs> it's interesting that that's, I guess that's the like the down downward spiral start. Because like after that, um, Daryl gets captured in town, which we don't see. And I guess that's a deleted scene as well, is him going into town and getting caught. Because that really does come out of nowhere. Because the Spetsnaz general guy shows up. Gives that awesome speech about how everybody's been a bunch of dumbasses about this. I, he's like, I got this, though. And he, he did. So props to him. But it just goes from that to the Spetsnaz in the woods with the beeping thing. Like, the do, 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 do. Yeah. And the Wolverines are already ready for them. I mean, I guess you could say that they spotted them earlier and so they set up a trap. But that was weird because it goes straight to that. More awesome firefighting, you know, da commies. And then uh, they find out Daryl's been betrayed and he had to swallow a tracker. But we didn't see any of that. Yeah. I will say these next few scenes are probably, I would say, the best acted in the movie. Probably the only ones that really called for it. That's true. Because Patrick Swayze's response to finding out Daryl had done that seemed genuine it was a very well acted scene i felt like i was there it took me there patrick <laughs> oh my it god took i feel like i was there oh my shit i feel like i'm there <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah then i thought that was funny the spetsnaz guy was when they're about to execute him was like this is against the geneva convention it's like what <laughs> yeah and he's like i don't know what that is he's like i've never heard yeah. of it <laughs> <laughs> by far so there's a lot of like crazy lines in this movie by far the craziest that honestly seems like a in the writer's room they all patted themselves in the back being like this is badass but isn't actually a good line at all is the what makes us different than them because we live here and he shoots him <laughs> because we live here what <laughs> well mark this stand is, your ground? Is this well, a call for stand your ground? I think laws? it could be. This this is one of those scenes that also has a little tonal weird aspect to it, you know, because for America's because they bring up Vietnam uh, earlier in the movie. They also bring up Afghanistan, and, not current Afghanistan, but when the Russians invaded Afghanistan. Yeah, and like so, when we as America went into Vietnam, like, and we have those resistance, you know, and like, well, they have the right to be killing it since we they live there and we are just attacking them. It's, so you think this was commentary on that? No, I think part of this movie was trying... Like I think the movie is trying to be more serious than it actually is. 
And this scene definitely is one of those um, example scenes I would point to. Uh, so it's kind of like, uh, I think it was Roger Moore. Not Roger Moore. Wait, is that the documentary? James Bond. Not, what's the name? Uh, Michael Moore. Couldn't think of it. Michael Moore. Remember he had, after the movie American Sniper came out, he had that tweet that everybody like was like, he's an American. Because he said, he made some comment about basically that of like, you know, how would you feel if your country was a war zone kind of thing? So you think it was kind of that tonal, like, wake up, people. We don't want America to be a war zone. Because I think it does look bad, even though uh, I think it's supposed to look bad that Patrick Swayze, Swayze shot that guy. But then his logic is the same logic. Like, I mean, it's true if people came into your house, quote unquote, you know, like start killing people. Like when you do that back or something, you know, it's it's weird. The logic here, though, of him being forced to swallow the tracking device, and then we don't just isolate him till he poops it out. Well, because oh, well, because uh, the other thing was they had already Daryl had already told him where they were, so their position itself was compromised altogether. So they were. You mean they didn't know they were in the mountain? No, like specifically, I think where they were. Would you just move? <laughs> I know, but the point was that Daryl was a traitor. They they caught they forced him to be. Yeah. So so you're sympathetic to Daryl. I just think Robert coming in there going <laughs> was was fast. It was fast. It was unexpected, and I loved it. <laughs> just saying. It's just you know kid kids on kids kids on kids on kids on kids violence. But uh, yeah, that them icing icing Daryl and the Russian dude. Yeah. It's pretty crazy, but this is when the group really starts falling apart. Yeah, is the next scene them getting ambushed by the helicopters, or is there an in between? Well, I mean, they have that. Uh... No, I think it is that scene. I don't remember. The scene moves. The movie is so fast. Yeah, I do remember being confused that it was snowing in the scene before, and then all of a sudden we're not snowing. Well, that's that weird. I mean, parts of Colorado are so weird like that. And I think it's the elevation messes with stuff. Because, like, the plains don't have snow sometimes. I, I think it's that's just the nature of weird-ass Colorado. Yeah, and them legalizing marijuana. Yeah, this is this is what they get for legalizing that marijuana. They get, they get Red Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I like this scene of them, like, how they are tricked. Wait, no, there's another scene. It's them getting food on the trucks. No, that's what I'm talking about. That's what causes the helicopters. You don't remember that? It's it's they go to, uh, they're getting ready to take out another convoy, and one of the trucks kicks out a box. Yeah. And then they go down and get the food. Yeah. And then the helicopters come get them while they have the food. But they have the food. Um, they're not at their place. They're not there, like, locate their compound, whatever. Yeah, I was really expecting Tony to, like, get lit up when she goes up. Like, for her to lay all the bombs and stuff that she had been doing, I was really expecting that to be a bomb. And so when she's over there and she's, like, like pulling it open or whatever. Like a karma thing? Yeah. I really thought she was just going to explode. I thought we were going to watch one by one. These people get, uh, these kids get picked off. These kids. Yeah, that's that's the tone it kind of gives because it starts happening like that, and I think that could have been an interesting way to go. Even though I really do like this scene because it seems like a brilliant way to catch them. You know what I mean? Because it kind of does show their ignorance. Yeah, 
because I do think if the lieutenant colonel had been alive, he would have been like, no, 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 we need to go. Because it does seem very suspicious. But they're also probably starving. So seeing a crate of something fall out, I mean, it's all around. I'd at least good. watch it till night, nightfall. That food's <laughs> not out. going anywhere. No. The, uh, yeah, the helicopters where a lot of the money went into. It was worth it, though. It was some cool, it's cool. It's a sad scene, though, because everybody's getting wrecked. It reminded me of the scene in The Fellowship where the Craybane come. Because they're like they're in that rock area, and You're then right. you hear the sound. And I was like, <gasps> Craybane from Dartlet. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, though. I see that. I see that. Oh, man. Yeah, but Tony gets out. Robert goes out like a G. Yeah, he shouldn't have been allowed to do that. His rpg got stuck no it hit the gunner it hit like in the back of the helicopter yeah but it looks like it was stuck in the glass yeah it did look like it i think that might have been a prop thing (laughs) that or it might maybe it was the it was the machine gun in there and it just like was looking weird but that was a quite a shot and then uh yeah it gave that wolverine cry and went out like a man i thought the helicopter was going down i did too I was like, man, this is the slowest crash. Yeah, I was like, oh, maybe they're dead, and so it's just a dead stick, and it's slowly falling down. But nah, I was kind of hoping Robert at least took it out. You know, you 1v1 a chopper, it's not going to go your way, but there's hope. Even if you're able to take the chopper out, that's still a bonus. Yeah, it's pretty. it was a pretty sweet way to go. <laughs> just Wolverine, <laughs> just unloading. He's like, I'm dead. <laughs> I think he did that. I I'd never noticed it, but I think... On this viewing, I caught it. I think he did that intentionally so the other three could go. Because he's behind them, and then he darts off. So I think he was sacrificing himself for the others to get over the hill. And you think he realized how much of a monster that he'd become? And he's like, I can't live with myself like this. I wonder... I know you're kind of joking. Yeah. (laughs) But I wonder if... That's true because there is a scene after he shoots Daryl where it's like, you know, he pulls the mask down and it's like blood all over him. That's another thing I could see a deleted scene of him being like, I'm, I'm a monster. (laughs) I could see that. But, uh, yeah. Fun's over now. You know, Tony's dead, even though she gets to take a Spetsnock guy out with her with the grenade. That's a sad scene. I'm happy they didn't. That, that Jeb didn't just shoot her. That would have been a little too brutal. Yeah, Liz was like, what the hell? She's asking him to mercy kill her? <laughs> yeah, Liz. I like, though, that she was intelligent enough to know, like, she, she held onto the pin or whatever, but then she knew she wasn't going to make it to when they got there, so she put it under her. Loved it. Smart girl, that Tony. Went out like a G. Clever girl. That's what the Spetna says before he explodes. <laughs> just sees the grenade roll up. Clever girl. <laughs> <laughs> Epic. The look on the guy's face. The, oh, because um, he was trying to say that they had gotten 12 of them or whatever. And the guy was like, I only see one. Yeah. I I feel like that happens with a, is like a weird reoccurring attempt at a joke. Because I feel like that happened earlier in the movie, too, where they, they're saying there's like 100 of them. But there's not, and like everyone keeps saying they're not kids, but they are. I think it's supposed to be kind of a like a, a machismo kind of. We're not getting beat by kids. No, there's like there's like hundreds out here. 
And then the whole call me Danny McBride. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But uh yeah, he says something too about they drag off their dead. I love that the Spetsnox guys has like zero shit for this. He's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Sure, dude. <laughs> yeah. Then I guess the plan is uh is it Danny? Yeah, it's Danny and um Marty McFly's mom are going to make it over the mountain to the FA, six, so yeah. Free America. And Which, like, I'd like to know where that is today, Mark. You I tell me. Too. If any of you guys know where Free America is, you know, feel free to write in and, you know, email, tweet. <laughs> I think it was supposed to be the from Colorado to the east. I think that was Free America. The whole West Coast. All the liberals. I... <laughs> Basically I, fell. No, I think, well, okay, the way the lieutenant colonel, during the scene where he explains how the war started, when he does that split, it makes it sound. I, hold on. I love when we're talking, because, like, the lieutenant colonel brings in some context for the rest of the world, and then he's like, it's gonna, we're going to have a little slur here, but he goes, and there's 600 million screaming Chinamen fighting. And then the kid is like, I thought there were a billion Chinamen. There were. I love. I so wrote that 400 down too. million died somewhere. <laughs> what? Did they die on American soil? Or did they fi- die like fighting the Russians on their end? In case like, you needed to know what the stakes were for World War Three. Huh. Yeah, let's break down the stakes of the World War Three because we did skip over that because you, re- you already said it, but that's one of my favorite lines of the movie solely because <laughs> it's so just over dramatic. Just the, I thought there was a billion. There were. And he throws yeah, the he throws the thing of the fire and it just goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? Was it a bomb? So okay, so if I got what the colonel was saying, it sounds like uh they flew into certain areas under the guise of commercial airliners, like they did in Afghanistan. That's what he, he's quoted as, and that was the paratrooper thing. And so they started in the middle, in the like the plains. They nuked North Dakota, Wyoming, and Washington State because of the silos there, I guess. And then they in- tried to invade from the Bering Strait in Alaska, but we stopped them. All right. It's when you wish you had a map. I know. <laughs> to follow. <laughs> okay. And then... How the Cubans got there, they rode. Where the South Americans got there was they had infiltrators come through Mexico as illegals. He says illegals, <laughs> as illegals, and then they sabotaged like radar stuff in Texas so they could do a mass break through the border. I don't know. Like, super crazy. And then I don't think they tried anything from the East Coast because that doesn't make sense from where they are. Yeah. So I guess I guess Free America is like California to Nevada and then the other side of Colorado <laughs> to the, the coast. But that's just... That's a bad, that's a bad situation. Yeah, for the Russians. Yeah, they're pinned <laughs> in oh, between. Oh, no. That's what I kept thinking because it's like... Oh man, like we lost such a huge chunk of America. It's like, yeah, but they're like sandwiched, super sandwiched. And then Europe's sitting this one out. 
what? That doesn't make sense. He explains that they invaded, excuse me, they invaded Poland or whatever. Like, they're not going to push into the rest the of Europe? The last time Poland got invaded, Europe sat that one out. <laughs> and then, doesn't he say, like, the the British are with, with us, but they won't last long? <laughs> it's like, all right. Classic Brits. Also, it's the 80s, so if it, England's involved, does that mean India's involved? Because didn't they still control India? I don't know. I'm not getting into the empire politics, but it was really hard to follow what the the battlefield of World War Three here is. It's... It's interesting. <laughs> but we got Danny and we got Marty McFly's mom. And they're on their way to and free America. Yeah, not to free America. Yeah, just to the free to part the of the place known as free America, who their only songs they play on the radio are patriotic. Like, like dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun. it's for all my freedom fighters out there. Oh, man. I loved the codes, though. I wrote them down that John has a large mustache. John has a large mustache. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. <laughs> okay. I would have loved it if like one of the kids is just writing it down. They're like, what the hell are you gonna do with that information? I don't know. <laughs> it's like a, one of those decoding ring things. It turns into the buy your oval team. What the hell? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Free toy in every Cracker Jack's box. What the hell? Maybe these Russians are right about capitalism. Shit. <laughs> but yeah, so Patrick Swayze, Charlie Sheen are going to make a... A big distraction? Yeah, sacrifice. Why, why couldn't they go? Distraction. Why couldn't they also just go? Well, I think that's what Charlie Sheen was pointing out. But I think Patrick Swayze knew the odds of them getting out once they got in was super slim. <laughs> which they were. I just... But I thought about it, like, if... Like, they're wearing the Russian stuff. That would be easy for them to get in and out, because it's not like anyone would be able to pay attention, especially if it's only two of them. So, I don't know. It is a pretty cool... You don't know what they're doing. It's a lot of just things are exploding, and you don't know how they're exploding. Yeah. And then you're seeing them running around, and they've got the bazookas and stuff. I can't believe I did not notice until this watching that the Cuban commander's sidekick through the whole movie, that he gets taken out by the backblast of Charlie Sheen's RPG. Did you catch that? <laughs> no. So he sees Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen run uh, around the corner, and they're taking out the van with the head Cuban general or whatever, and, you know, because he does the whole, like, <gasps> shocked face at him. While that's happening, that sidekick guy snuck up behind him, and I think he's going no, to shoot Charlie Sheen. No, I did see Sheen, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. the backfire takes him out. And they don't acknowledge it. Like, that dude gets the most unhonorable death of all. Just blasted in the face. And then they don't even, like, give him a, like, whoa, that guy was behind me. <laughs> like, just move Ignored. on. Ignored. And right after the guy, uh, Cuban, Freddie Mercury, got done writing his letter to his wife. Did you notice the dude behind him while he was writing that letter was just looking at a porno mag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kept on readjusting <laughs> the angle, you know? <laughs> It was so good. It was literally like a letter of just like, it's been so long since I've seen your beautiful hair. and I miss our ninos. And, and like all this like really running, the guy behind him's like, look at those cans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That, oh, so good. And then he lets them go. Oh, well, actually, hold on. We skipped over the Spetsnaz guy shootout. Because I thought that was pretty funny. He's just like spraying into the train and gets Charlie Sheen. But 
Patrick Swayze deserved his death. Yeah. You had him. And you had to say something. Classic American, I don't even know what. Grand he, he said, doesn't he say, you lose? Yeah. It should have been like, welcome to America. Or like, Ronald Reagan says hello. <laughs> you say that after you shoot them. Yeah. That are like, it should have been like, he shoots him once, the guy's not fully dead. Then he walks over and domes him while saying like, you lose. <laughs> or just like, Wolverine. Yeah, it was so dumb. Yeah, that one, that one made me mad. And I get what it was going for, because it turned it into the American, like, Western draw shootout thing. Like, I get it, but Patrick Swayze had the drop on him. It's not like they s- both saw each other, and then it was like a freeze frame to that, which would have been a better solution to that. But then, that, is, oh, that always makes me sad. Even when I was watching it this time, the him carrying uh, Charlie Sheen, just bleeding out. Cuban guy lets him go, because he's had enough of war. His whole, like, the Cuban guy's arc is just how, like, he was a revolutionary this entire time. Now he doesn't like being the guy that people <laughs> are revolutionary against, <laughs> which is an interesting angle. Like, I would have enjoyed, I think I honestly would have enjoyed if this movie was split completely between those two points of views. It could have been interesting. But, yeah, just Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen dying on that bench with a swing behind him that the dad had mentioned earlier in the movie. It's just really sad. <laughs> the scene of the member berries. Oh yeah. Do you do you remember? I remember that. I remember it all. I remember it all. Turns the cry, Dad. You told me not to cry. I remember it though. <laughs> and the picture of them when they were younger. Oh. Getting all choked up, membrane. Membrane. Oh. Yeah. I think that's this is one of the parts of the movie that really does a disservice to it too, though. Is like it goes from that quick cut. They're over the they're over the mountains. It's like we made it. We're free. And then like Tom's like free. Uh, like it's like like I almost want her to just be like hell of a word, free. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my. <laughs> like okay, okay. And then it just it just ends. ends. It's just a it shows the rock or whatever, and it just the the like plaque that's like you know the names of the people. I did not notice. Because I thought when last time I watched it, I thought he was just carving Robert and all the other people who died and Tony's names into the rock. He carved his own and his brothers. Yeah, two Eckhart's right there. Yeah, savage, savage. He knew they were both gonna die so far in advance. That's brutal. Like I wanted a scene of Matt like coming to find him, and be like, "Hey, man, so I saw you. You carved your name into the the rock. I." You know, that's a negative thought there. So, like, let's not talk about that for a second. But you carved my name? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I still think we're getting out of this, man. So maybe, I don't know if we have, like, whiteout or we could, like, paste over it. But uh. Come to find out they do live, so he's over there trying to wash it out somehow. Yeah, it's like, now this just feels wrong. (laughs) Well, I guess our innocence died on that mountain. Gosh. The, The, how this movie ends is almost as fast as how it begins where it's literally like Lee Thompson reading the plaque over what ends. And then the movie just starts. And then it's a, the pictures the picture, with the yeah. name. You're like, Whoa. Oh, okay. So I guess we won, <laughs> which I guess it's implied. We won because of the flag over the memorial is America. 
So, but at what cost, Mark? At what cost? A bunch um, of a bunch of kids. A bunch of kids. This movie brought to you by Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> I like. There's that scene we skipped over too, where it's the lieutenant colonel's been like, "You think you kids think you're tough because you're living off beans?" There's people in Denver right now that would chop off their legs to have a taste of the beans you just had. <laughs> it's like, oh, brutal. <laughs> okay, yeah. Negative thoughts. Negative thoughts. And yeah. yes, beans are still hard to live on. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a great balance. No. <laughs> Half of us have scurvy. Just saying. <laughs> For how they attacked those oranges and apples and stuff, is kind of gross to watch. Yeah. And some like early ASMR vibes in that scene. <laughs> but... uh yeah, I, I, this movie is just one of those, it's just a great fun movie in my opinion, in the weirdest way. Like, I almost wonder if this is a movie that I shouldn't enjoy as much as I do, and that makes me feel bad, but that's okay, because it's fun for me to watch. It's a fun movie for me, because I love this era of Americana. That's you hate just Russians. Like, I hate the Russians. Globalist. Uh, Russians are coming in by the bro- truckloads. <laughs> Got to take them out. <laughs> they make the most beautiful ballerinas. <laughs> they do. But it, it's just this era of America during the Red Scare, especially towards the end of the Cold War, like right before it all ended, is so good. Like this movie is pure like Red Scare propaganda. Oh, yeah. And it's so awesome to look at from our perspective. At the time, I imagine if I was in that theater, I might have nightmares. Who knows? This is just a movie, though. I know there is a remake, and I've seen the remake, and we haven't really talked about the remake, but this is a movie that should not be remade because the the tone of what the movie is can't really be recaptured because we do not have an equivalent. You know what I mean? Like, our generation was never afraid of a foreign army just invading us it depends what side of the political spectrum you're on mark maybe some people are going to be afraid of an illegal immigrant insurgents oh gosh but oh and then then who they'll be like who's cleaning your bathrooms now also from just a business point of view hollywood net would never make a movie like this right now and i think that's another reason i like it is because Hollywood, and I don't mean this in the sense of like, Hollywood's out there corrupting the mind. They would not, because... Did you see the newest Puppet Masters movie? No. They they had some horribly, like, anti-Semitic... No, that's Stuff not what it. I'm going for. Oh, because Hollywood hates Jews, you're right. Right, right. yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm talking about <laughs> that they can't make a movie where an entire country is the enemy like that because they want that movie to do well. Like, so... For the remake, I don't know. If, did you ever see the remake no. of Red Dawn? It's bad. It's real bad. But it's North Koreans. It wasn't supposed to be North Koreans. It was supposed to be Chinese. It was supposed to be the Chinese government. Yikes! How easy was it for them to swap? All, That's so also a little racist. Racistly, yeah. They just changed logos. Oh my gosh! Not making that up. That <laughs> happened during the filming. <laughs> So and then they <laughs> and they pivoted the story because of it as well. So it was supposed to be, and I'm not making this up. The original plot of the remake was supposed to be our debt to China grew so great, and all the embargoes back and forth caused a basically what happened in World War II with Japan and America. That whole 
thing. China makes a strike against us that causes the Red Dawn event of them invading in a similar situation. And I think they were still going to have to be like a Russian-backed whatever. They changed it to angry, radical North Koreans detonated an EMP, which allowed them to invade us. What? An EMP where? I guess in a DC. I don't even like how remember. Big, like what? It's been a while since I've seen it. But they detonate an EMP that apparently takes out our... Maybe they did it at NORAD or something. <laughs> we have one radar. <laughs> but it took out like our ability to defend against air invasion. And the North Koreans invaded. And it's like, that's... Wow. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so the whole movie falls apart. There's also... In the remake, there's also a tonal issue where they really... Like, in this movie, the problem is they make the kids too much like adults. And they don't make it like kids acting like adults, if that makes sense. Which is the tone it should be. In the remake, they make it kids being kids. Like, no joke, there is a scene where after one of their first raids in the town, two of the kids, I think they avoid, like, a tank fire and, like, dive into a subway which product placement, but at the same time, it's a modern, so whatever. And they raid the subway. So they just put all the sandwich stuff in a bag and like make a break for it. And they get back to the cave that they're living in and they're eating the subway sandwiches. And it's a weird, they're having like a weird conversation about what they miss. And one of the kids goes like late night call of duty. And one of the kids goes, really, man, we're living it. And it's one of those things where they like kind of laugh it off, like, Haha, you're right, we are living Call of Duty. The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get what tone they're trying to hit there. They missed by a mile. <laughs> How can you miss it, man? Because we're living Call of Duty. <laughs> oh, I Dude, guess the part where I can it. die and respawn, I guess I missed that part. The only part of the movie that I, I think was a good addition was the Patrick Swayze character that's played by uh, Chris Hemsworth is a Marine who's home on leave when it happens. And Josh Peck is his younger brother, is the Charlie Sheen. And so it's just a, he's back home from like service in Iraq or Afghanistan or something when this happens. So he trains the kids to be able to do stuff and it doesn't go smoothly. So like that was a good thing the remake did. And then, I was trying to think, oh, in the remake, they have, instead of a lieutenant colonel, they have three retired Marines who are like doomsday prepper guys come and find them, thinking that they're like adults. Legit, yeah. And they get there, and they're like, the fuck? They're disappointed. The bunch of kids? <laughs> yeah, it's, that's like a funny thing, too, that I think they did huh. right. The rest of the movie is so just like, Oh, yeah, the premise so bad. is bad. It's so bad. Oh, man. It's still in Colorado? I think so. So North Koreans got to Colorado. Somehow. Or no, maybe I don't think they are in Colorado in the remake. I think they're like in Virginia or something. That's even weirder. Less sense. I know, but I can't remember exactly. <laughs> it's I'm not rewatching that one. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm gonna pick it. <laughs> see who's not gonna rewatch that. I would be curious to see where you could watch it. Like I haven't seen it anywhere since it left theaters. 
Because it was only released because Chris Hemsworth became, became fa- Thor. It, well, I, I remember it was made before he was Thor. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was one of those movies that was shelved. Like, it was made. I think it was actually filmed in, like, 2006 or 2007. Golly. And it didn't come out till like, 2011 or 12 because... I think it might have... Was it that... Or, like, I thought it might have been later. It, it was late enough where none of those actors looked like the they same did. yeah and uh a lot of them had already moved we're actually in movies and stuff now like josh hudsonson at the time was in hunger games chris hemsworth was thor uh, i don't know what josh peck was doing i think he kind of became a vine star for a little while i don't know but like they were already established so it was weird when that was released but uh yeah it wasn't good but i still love the original still love the original i'm glad it holds a special place in your heart yeah, it, it it does. This is one of those movies that was, and I've brought it up on the podcast before, the movies that like I watched because when me and my brother and my dad went to Blockbuster, me and my brother would each get our movie, and then my dad would pick a movie he wanted us to watch, and one of them was Red Dawn. <laughs> we both loved it, so it's good to know. Good to know. It's a fun bonding thing, yeah. Yeah. Who do you think you are out of one of the kids? Robert. You think you're Robert. I had you pegged for uh, just because of the rules. I had of the you pod- pegged as little Danny. No, I had you pegged because of the rules of the podcast. You're the final girl. I had you pegged as Leah Thompson. Oh, yeah. Eh. I because I could see you falling in love with a, a lieutenant uh, colonel. Yeah, strong, strapping <laughs> lieutenant colonel in the air force. You know, I could see it. I could see it. And then I thought I was Robert because. You know, I'm. I would think I'm awesome enough to one v one a helicopter. No, you're you're I'd Charlie Sheen. Oh, I'm Charlie Sheen. Steven is Patrick Swayze. I buy that. <laughs> I buy that. <laughs> <laughs> I buy that a hundred percent. The dynamic is already there. <laughs> I buy it. I buy it. And and by the way, John's Danny. We know that. <clears throat> Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is John there, Stanny. I was originally going to give him the kid that didn't even make it out of the classroom that was hanging out of the window <laughs> in the beginning of the movie that just got shot in the face. No, that's Zach. That's Zach. <laughs> Zach is boy in classroom. Zach is boy in classroom. John is Danny. Both you and both you and John make it to the other side. Andrew's Aardvark because someone has to yeah. be Aardvark. Yeah, Andrew is definitely Aardvark. <laughs> I got I got that. I get big Aardvark vibes from Andrew. Who who would be uh? Oh, I don't think we have a Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just not have a Daryl. <laughs> you don't need one. Yeah, we don't need a Daryl. Oh, man. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I'm either Robert or I'm Cuban. Uh, Freddie Mercury. You're Cuban. You're the bad guy? <laughs> <laughs> Who has a, a turnaround. Like, maybe this isn't good. Maybe I'm Maybe I'm just doing the wrong thing here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Is there anything you'd really change about the movie before we wrap up? I mean, like, I mean, there's a lot I would change because there's this is far from perfect. But I mean, like, is there anything that kind of bugged you? Just the relationships moving so fast. But I mean, it was still a fun 80s movie. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I would necessarily change anything because it's it is entertaining. And then it's not that long. Yeah, like and I you're stand, never bored. Yeah, I stand by it. It's two hours, but it feels like hour thirty. Like it moves. It's a m- movie that almost like except for like a few scenes does not stop. No, yeah, that's why it had that world record of acts of violence in a movie. Yeah, and and I did not know this. 
Uh, it was the first PG-13 movie released in theaters. Not ne- not the first PG-13 rated movie that like came out later somehow. But this was the first movie that in theaters was PG-13. Interesting. That's that's really interesting. What a weird movie to have the first PG-13. If this movie had been R, that'd have been interesting. I wonder I wonder what that would have turned up cuz it was pretty violent. Well, that's what I think. I don't think it was Yo, you think by today's standards it'd be R? Like if it came out like next week, you think they'd give it R just for violence? I mean, there's more blood in this movie than a lot of PG-13 movies now. Yeah. There's no real cursing. I think they say shit like twice. <laughs> um I don't think any Yeah, I really don't think there's there's no nudity. There's there's implied attempted sexual assault. Um yeah, there's other than the violence, there's really nothing in it. So maybe maybe it would still be PG-13. I don't know, that's interesting though. That kind of blowing my mind. I would have thought there was a different PG-13 movie by this point. I don't know. Because I originally thought it was the Temple of Doom. Oh, because of the heart scene. Well, because it all came out like all these movies came out in '84. God, '84. So this was, was the year of the PG-13. '84 was a weird movie or weird year for movies. Fun year for movies for sure. But uh, what year was it the other day we were talking about that we found out Where all those movies? Everything movie... was coming out? Yeah, everything came out it was in like some one seven, year. It was some year in the 70s. Because it was like jaw-droppingly Wait, like... it was whatever year The Exorcist came out. Oh, was it? That's crazy. Yeah, but I just remember us talking about that and being like, what? That would have been the no, greatest that, movie. That movie too? That movie too? It's one of the greatest movie years of all time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that would be a cool season pick that year just that year because that year has so many good movies already yeah that's true we're kind of rambling so we should probably okay sorry we should probably close this out i was just gonna say my only two changes would be like make that lieutenant colonel guy like a green beret or something and have him kind of like not a training montage necessarily but something close to it and then marching in a line i actually would have liked it better if all of them had died I would have liked it better if it had been a like final stand, them all die like a seven like a seven samurai, and they can still get honored. Yeah, where it's them going out one at a time, and the Cuban guy after seeing them just being kids, because I think that should have been the crazy reveal was that the Cuban guy didn't know they were kids. Yeah, and then sees yeah. them as kids, and then it's him walking away from it, being like, he kills himself. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> But yeah, I think that could have been cool. But you know them, them making their way to free America. It's pretty fine too. But yeah, that's gonna wrap it up. Uh, I don't know what movie we're gonna pick next. I mean, technically this was my pick, so you're free to pick whatever you want. But we're gonna continue this weird quarantine. No holds barred. So I hope everybody's staying safe out there, and uh, I guess we'll see you next time. Peace.